Welcome to Two Guys, One Book, where two friends tackle their reading list one book at a time. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome. This is Two Guys, One Book. I am Brian, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tim. Say hi, Hello. Tim. Hello. Uh, today, we are, uh, we are discussing a book that we just finished. It is called The Obu Story by Richard Powers. It is a novel, a piece of fiction. And I picked this book um, because I had heard it. It came out in 2019 or 20, yeah, 2019, I think. And it was a popular book at that time. It was made a bunch of the best of the year lists. And I, I heard it was about trees. And I thought that's kind of weird. But then more as time passed, I'm like, oh, I'll give it a try. So I forced Tim to read it, too. What, what, what is your opinion of trees before and after this book? Well, I will have to say before the book, I liked trees. <laughs> I, I mean, I still like trees. It's not like this book. You're pro off. trees. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm very pro tree. Um, I enjoyed the trees of, of my native Ohio. But this made, book made me feel like my trees of native Ohio were very inadequate. <laughs> because this book talks about all these different species of tree all throughout the country and the world. And a lot of it takes place in the Pacific Northwest where there's these towering redwoods as high as, as, as tall as a football field is long. And people climb up in them and make little uh, shanties so that they can occupy the trees so they don't, don't get cut down. So I'm like, Oh, and then I go out in the woods. I'm like, oh, this tree is only 30 feet tall. Okay, that's <laughs> This freaking oak and maple. What is this? <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. So I, um, no, I still enjoy trees. I enjoy the outdoors. But good God, I tell you, this, is, this makes me very uh, uh, worried about the future of the planet. Yeah, there's a lot of environmental over, overtones, themes to this. Um, <laughs> not undertones, overtones. Uh, but yeah, I guess first impressions overall, do you want to tell us how you felt well, about it? I, yes. Well, well, how did you feel about trees? What about you? Did you? Oh, trees. Yeah. I mean, always loved them. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> I don't know if my opinion changed a whole lot, but. Well, uh, yeah. So overall, like I, I really, it really grabbed my attention because the book is structured in a very unique way. Um, the first, I would say, third of the book, uh, each chapter is a different uh, little story about different characters. So each chapter in the first third is a standalone story with different characters in each story. And But in each of these different stories, the characters interact or have a relationship with nature or trees in a very, uh, you know, very different but still yet specific ways so when i was reading it at first i wasn't sure it said i mean i, I knew I, I heard it was a novel but maybe it's a collection of different stories but then looking at the table of contents i noticed that the so the first third of this book are separated by the character's name each story each different story is highlighted by its character's name and then the table of contents that goes away for the rest of the book so i'm like well maybe these that you know, all these paths of all these characters then intertwine, and they do to, to some to greater extent than others. And um, so all these people, we, we get introduced to all these characters in these individual stories at the start of the book. 
then throughout the rest of the book, we follow the, the paths of these different characters as they intersect and meet with each other and travel with each other or become infatuated with each other. And then eventually a small group of them get together. But then there's these other characters that don't really interact with that group, but are still part of a larger story to the point where I'm not sure why they were included per se, but then eventually uh, stop this small group of the characters that banded together uh, start to want to protest the logging industry in the Pacific Northwest and cutting down of trees. So this small band try to do some peaceful demonstrations and, and peaceful protests to try to stop the logging industry, but to really no avail. Like I said, they, 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 they shimmy up a tree and, uh, you know, uh, two characters live in top of a tree for almost a year, um, getting supplies hoisted up to them from time to time. But then eventually they get knocked down and the tree gets cut down. So then this small group resorts to some arson activity to try to destroy the equipment and other developments that are causing these uh, the trees to get destroyed. But then eventually one of the characters dies and then the band, the group disbands. Those are separate ways. And then we find, kind of follow them as they become nomads um, throughout the country. Or uh, eventually then one of two of them go to jail and get caught. And then all the while, Patricia is a character who is a, a botanist or plant uh, researcher or specializing in trees. And she goes on this uh, mission to save a bunch of seeds, to have a Noah's Ark of tree seeds. And then she writes a book and then she, she doesn't really interact with this other group. So it's kind of confusing there. So needless to say, the first third of the book really grabbed me because it had all these interesting stories about, and each one was different. Each one, I, I was so drawn to how each one was different yet had some tragedy involved in some respect and trees were always involved. But then you you read uh, to the next one and it's this and it's a whole different story, you know. So I like that. I like short stories. Um, so then when all these paths started to intersect, I was a little disappointed with how the rest of the book went. Um, that is. What, yeah. So what's your impression, Tim? That's exactly how I felt. I was gonna say uh, first third or so of the book. I love the short stories. Like, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know if this is just an attention span thing, <laughs> but <laughs> I just think they were like succinct and very like human and well told and like, you know, captivating. And then, like you said, I feel like he kind of just goes overboard with the overstory, all these like tales. And I feel like he sort of plays out the metaphors of trees and all these different <clears throat> language, all this different language that he, use, that he uses, uh, I kind of got lost in, especially in the audiobook. Like you were saying, like there's no table of context or of contents mm-hmm. in the second half, so it was hard to follow. Like it would just switch from person to person. And you're like, wait, who right. are we talking about now? Like it's kind of yeah, a lot of people to keep track of. Right, I agree. And and reading the book, I had the ebook, so like instead of chapters, so like your audiobook probably didn't say chapter twelve, you know instead of chapters in the in the, the last two thirds of the book, it just had like um, a circle, a circular like slice of a log whenever there was a change in character. Oh, uh, okay. And it I'm was sure just they... a six hour chapter in the audiobook, <laughs> And I was like, I hope I don't lose my place because I'm screwed if I do. <laughs> That's a good point. 
Is there yeah. so when, when you're listening to an audiobook, there's no way to like bookmark it along in the chapter? Uh, I mean, it'll stop wherever you left off. Um, and you can do bookmarks and stuff as well. But like if I missed a part or something, it's hard to like go back and find if it's that long of one where it's like yeah. hard to keep track. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's but, true. Yeah. So that, so yes, I can see how that would be disorienting, but, um, but, you know, on the plus side, I feel like we got to know the characters very well because we kind of know it's like he starts with an origin story for each character. I yeah. think there was how many were there? Like eight? eight. Yeah. I mean, it depends who you consider like a major minor couple. Like some are couples, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, like Ray and Dorothy. Yeah, I think eight main characters, give or take. Um, I mean, do you have favorite uh, characters? Well, it it shifted throughout the book, you know. Um, I will have to say that let's 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 focus on the short stories at the start yeah. first. Sure, sure. My favorite one was the very first one about Nick Hole, because in that short story, it talked about his it it, it started in New York City with his like great great grandfather, and he had and then he moved. You know, in his experience in New York a little bit, and then he moved to Iowa, but he carried with him in his pockets, unbeknownst to him, he carried some chestnut seeds or something, some chestnuts. Yeah. And then in Iowa, he buried these chestnuts. Uh, and then it talks about, he did, I mean, I feel like the author did a beautiful job in that first one of explaining, he kind of told a story through multiple generations. This is like a 30 page story, but he covers like four or five generations, but makes you feel so much for these, the, the gen, each generation that comes and goes. He talks about, he, he talks about how there were births and deaths and other markings of the human world that the trees are all just in, you know, an, uh, half an inch of their rings, you know? And yeah. it, it just was, it, I think it was just so beautifully written how he explains how time passes for this whole family and how these chestnuts grow and this chestnuts in Iowa where they don't belong and there's no native chestnuts in that in Iowa so that there's this one standalone chestnut that makes it all the way to maturity and it becomes a landmark in, in out in the middle of flat Iowa and and then like the tragedy that happens with Nick's parents and grandparents dying in like a gas leak in the house or something while he is somewhere else and he comes home to that and then he's inherited with the house and it's just like but yet the chestnut is still there. Yeah. You know, the chestnut tree. That first I, chapter I, was really well written. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's what hooked me. And then the next one was, I forget, the Mimi Ma or something. Or another, another story came next and another, another different story. And I was just burning through the first. So yeah. I would say Nick, Nick was my initial favorite character. But then as the book went on, I really liked Doug Pavlicek. Oh, Okay. He was the Vietnam veteran who suffered an injury in Vietnam and was a nomad working on a ranch in Idaho. And then, then for whatever reason, like after the group, he, he just like, I don't know, after the group disbanded, I just felt for him because then he eventually gets arrested. And I think it's funny kind of how he gets arrested. Like there's a foreign chick that he lets sleep in his apartment and then she reads his diary or something. Yeah. But, um, and then he gets arrested and he has, then he pinches, then he becomes an informant on one other person in the group, 
who he doesn't like. And I think we can all agree Adam is probably the least favorite character, right? Uh, Adam was which one? He was the he was the psychologist that came to study the people who fought to save the trees. Oh, okay. And then he got sucked up in the whirlwind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? Well, so, so I guess at first I loved the Nick story the most of the first original stories, and then but then the later my favorite character was Doug Pavlicek. Yeah, I think. What about you? I think it's hard because when he kept following up with characters, I was like. I thought their story had ended early on. Like, I didn't know they were going to come back to them. So I feel like in some cases it sort of lessened my appreciation for them because it, some of the stories were so tightly told and well done that I was like, oh, we're back to these people. Like, I was ready to call it. But I don't know. I guess that's a whole point, like, with trees and the perspective of time and generations, right? <laughs> yeah, but I think you bring up a good point that, like, I think during while reading the first third of the book, I was accepting that these were more flashes in the pan. This was all I was going to get of these characters. And in some instances, like scarcity breeds uh, love. You know, you when when something is scarce, you cherish it more. Yep. So that the shorter the story, if it if it makes an impact on you, then the more you're going to love it because that's all you have. Like with that Nick story, I felt like. The way it ended with the, just the death of his parents and grandparents, and like the but the chestnut tree was there, hovering over the, the the land still, and will hover over the land for another you know what how many years? It left it on a sour note, but yet you know you knew like time would go on. But you're right, like sometimes you wonder what will happen to characters. Sometimes it's better not to know, right? Yeah. Yeah, for me, I think my favorite was the one with the lawyer and the um, woman who they did community theater, that first yeah, story. Really? Yeah, because it was just really cute, I thought, because like, he was like a property lawyer, and she's this like, free spirit, and just very against like settling down and marriage, and um, yeah, it's just, it probably like reversed the stereotype of like, how that dynamic is often portrayed. Um and I just thought it was really cute. And, like, they, you know, they fell in love during the theater, but he wants to get married, and she's like, just because you're a lawyer and believe in law and stuff doesn't mean I want to, like, settle down and be, right. be your property. <laughs> so I, <laughs> yeah, I like that yeah. one. Yeah, and I feel like that was a fun story in the, in the short story version, but I definitely feel like in the longer version, you saw that, that they're, I don't think they, did they ever get married? Um, I think what ended up happening is like she kind of had affairs later on. Later on, I don't know if they were actually married or not, though. But they were living together, committed together, right, right. And but then she was sneaking off, behind his yeah. back, and they were going to get a divorce. But then he has a stroke, and then she feels guilty, and she becomes his caretaker and doesn't leave his side again. Yeah, I don't think it was all out of guilt though. Like I think she still loved him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good. That was a good tale. Yeah. yeah um, also, the Patricia, the scientist who found discovered that like trees talk to each other. I liked her backstory. Like she kind of was close to her, her dad, who got her into like nature stuff, and she was deaf, I think, and uh, right, hearing, hearing. had had hearing um, problems, yeah. and then she so she grew to appreciate like nature and like found this discovery that trees like communicate with each other which was later proven right but all these scientists like doubted her 
largely because she's like a woman probably is how they kind of suggested it in the book um so yeah i i thought she was a good character and i was kind of rooting for yeah i mean i agree i think i think she was she was a good character and then like she never really interacted with the other characters in the book but she with her studies helped you know motivate them they heard about her studies and then she wrote a book and then they read her book and they were motivated by that to help protect the trees as much as they can. Yeah. That's cool how they all interconnected. It reminded me of like, um, did you ever see Babel or Cloud Atlas or read one of the Cloud uh, Atlas? I saw Cloud Atlas, never Babel. Okay. I've heard Babel's good though. Okay. It's a similar idea. It's basically like all these lives are connected across like Cloud Atlas is more about like across generations, right? Like it's set in like all these different time periods and how their lives are all interconnected. The only character I didn't quite get was the Nile. The video game programmer. The video game programmer, yes. He probably resonated with you pretty well. but um. So that's probably the only one that I grew to appreciate more as it went on. Because yeah. started off, I thought the story was kind of weak starting off. And then later on, it, he like built this empire with his video game. And he had like a disability, so he could kind of like you know get really into this virtual world but then like he built this whole thing and then it's sort of i forget the phrase or whatever but it's like he became it kind of grew beyond him and all the fans wanted it to go in one direction and i feel like that happens a lot with like you hear that story where like someone creates something that kind of uh they lose control over and then the audience wants it to be a certain way like i've heard tales of that i think in in some forms so yeah like interesting his storyline didn't really connect with any of the other characters. That's the thing. It's kind of forced. It's like, okay, he fell off of a tree or something. So that's how it has to do with trees. But yeah. I mean, there were some elements of his video game about things being interconnected. I feel like there were some things they were trying to make. Okay. Thinking about it more after I finished, I felt like he was creating a video game, but he wanted to create more than that. He wanted to create worlds where people go and kind of like almost like virtual reality where where here was a guy that wanted to create an alternate universe for people to go and experience things that they couldn't in real life but then at the end when he when he was super popular and and people were loving the game and everything he wanted to go a step further and have it be like you create an ecology and an environment where plants will grow and you want and you see what kind of different plant life and living beings will come out of these different environments so like at some point i feel like the author had this storyline about this computer video game programmer because kind of like in his search or quest to make an alternate reality that that humans will want to live in he basically creates like an earth almost with you know plant life and animal life and all this other stuff so that like I think it's the authors commentating like we don't need to escape to virtual reality to experience wonder and um, and awe and it's all around us in nature yeah that's an interesting point i didn't think about it like that but i think i read that the author is actually a programmer at one point oh, too, really? before he was a writer <laughs> so maybe he borrowed from those experiences yeah okay yeah i might be i might be off base but like i just didn't know like how else that character fit in the in the book in the story yeah you can probably try to appreciate more nature stuff after reading this because he does go into so much detail about like through the eyes of these characters like how they see trees and all that (laughs) 
I couldn't help but feel a little despondent after reading this book and thinking about climate change and the fate of our planet. How do you feel after reading this book about that? Yeah, when he started talking about like, or I think it was Patricia, the character, talking about like deforestation and the that kind of thing, it really is hard to hear and just kind of depressing because it's like, well... I mean, a lot of this stuff, it's like we could get involved and maybe help in some way, but a lot of it's out of our control, too. And just kind of like, what what can we do? And I don't know, you know. Well, the thing is, Tim, if everybody thinks like that, then there's nothing and nothing's going to get done. <laughs> well, everyone should try to live like, you know, eco consciously and whatnot. But like, I don't know, like if we all recycle, is that going to save the forest in Brazil or something at the end I, of the day? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just made this book just made me feel like, well, we're kind of screwed. I mean, it seems like we're just cutting down trees faster than they can grow, and it's not going to change anytime soon. Yeah, um, I'm afraid our future is like Blade Runner 2049, just like a sterile cyberpunk, <laughs> like skyscrapers nice, nice. and pollution. Yeah. yeah, but all the billionaires will be on Mars with their space programs yeah. so they don't have to worry about it <laughs> yeah yeah i was listening to someone say like there should be a billionaire space race to like explore the oceans instead of uh um the instead of space because there's so much like life and ecology there um yeah that would be, be cool. cool to study yeah for some reason that that almost scares me more than outer space <laughs> I'm not saying, yeah, like, colonize the, the ocean. Wow. Like, <laughs> say, like, find a new fish or something and learn, learn about it. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, okay, did you know this uh, is being adapted into a Netflix series by the creators um, of Game of Thrones are, like, producing it? Really? Yeah. So you managed to ruin another series for me, like Station Eleven. Oh, come on. <laughs> Did you watch Station Eleven? No, because I know it's gonna happen. It's you. Well, no, I heard I heard the actual store the actual series on HBO is actually different. Oh, they kind of took the basis, but kind of did their own thing. Right, I heard. Okay. I heard that in the first couple of episodes, it's different to a point where fans of the book might kind of like cringe at it or not want to continue on. But then I ultimately heard that like it is, it does eventually work itself out and is good. I do not have HBO, so I can't watch it. But um, yeah, I'll give but it a I'm shot. Sorry, but sorry if I keep <laughs> picking great books that everyone wants to adapt into movies. That just because it's adapted doesn't culture. mean it's great for the record. But <laughs> I just don't. I don't know what the tone of the show will be like. Like, will it be like a drama with a little? There's like some comedy woven into the book, but like I don't know. Some, not from. Yeah, I mean, no. I think it's going to be. That's a good question. It seems tough to adapt this one. Yeah. Well, I think each episode, you got the first like eight episodes already written for you. It's each each character has their own episode. You know, I was thinking about that. Like that format, I feel like started with like Lost. Do you remember Lost, the show? Maybe not. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know if it was like the first. Explain, explain your, explain your point to the people who've seen Lost. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a show where people get lost. Um. And there are trees. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know what where this started. Obviously, like all this art was inspired by previous art, but like Lost was 
very popular show, and I think a big reason is because they went into the backstories of each of the major characters, and I think there's some similarity here. But, like, that kind of format's been done, too, like, with a lot of other shows since then, I feel like. Right. But I think most of the time, shows do it kind of reverse. They, they introduce a character in a story with other characters, and then eventually do an episode where they do a, a flashback to the why that character is the way they are, right? Yeah. They start connected and then work. Yeah. But I like when they start apart and then it gets connected that's how game of thrones was where it's like eventually the storylines cross but they start off like long for a long time in their own kind of worlds yeah and that's what this this book does too and that's what i like about the book is that you immediately know especially when you have a when you have an author that's so good at writing like a 30 page story about characters that you eventually are invested in and then it ends, and you're not sure if you'll hear from them again, but you eventually do. But I think that initial commitment to telling each individual character's story helps you appreciate them for later yeah. in the book. And like any book, you know, your feelings about different characters will evolve throughout the book, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think I would be kind of a brutal editor. I've said this before on episodes, but like, I feel like I like these characters, what you did here. Just, don't bring them up again. <laughs> Cut a hundred pages out. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I think yeah. Tim. I think that's your. That's been your pattern over all these episodes <laughs> that we talk. Is like every book could be a hundred pages short. <laughs> well, this one was short stories. Like he was doing great, and then he's like, "Screw it, six hour chapter." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, I mean it's worth a read. I think like oh. it's it's good. It is good. I mean, I, I got a little lost at times when he would go on a soliloquy about trees and about how great they are and all the different varieties and how even when somebody's just walking down the street or something, he could say they're passing a, 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 a red maple and about to burst and then another dogwood and in the prime of its you know flowering life cycle or whatever. You know, like he did that so many times. I'm like, I, I get it, buddy. Trees are great. Yeah, you get the sense like he just loved trees and wanted an excuse to talk about them. So he wrote this whole story to like <laughs> rant about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I love oh, trees. Yeah, of course. I love yeah. trees too. I love nature. I, don't get me wrong. Like, I feel like, no, I mean, I think this is a good book. Like anything, like if you read a book, you're, you know, it's not going to be perfect. Um, but yeah, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, and this is, <clears throat> maybe, I, I don't know if this is actually the cause of this, but I feel like on some subconscious level recently, it's made me kind of reflect more on my own life, like zoomed out from a broader perspective. Like, you know, you see these people's lives evolve in the book from like, here's kind of their origin story and how their relationships, you know, grew and how they changed. And I was like, well, it's interesting to think about, like we can all look back on our lives and be like, we were this person at this point and then this happened. And I know that's like every story and book and movie, but I think especially with this one where it's all zoomed out, like and told over time, you kind of think about it like, oh, cool. You can think of it in like different your life in different phases, right? Oh, absolutely. I think that's a great point. I mean, to, to think about human human life on a tree timeline, it's nothing, you know. Especially yeah. the big redwoods that he that he majestically talks about in, in the book is, it, you know, yeah, human beings. Um, I think at one point he talks about how 
the patent lawyer or, or property lawyer um, is thinking about um, self-defense and, and like the earth almost needs self-defense from humans because mm-hmm. like, but then he says like the danger, self-defense only is really brought up in cases of imminent danger, but, but we only think of imminent danger on a human scale to, to trees on their scale. Humans are in imminent danger to trees. Yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, I didn't. I don't remember that part, but that makes sense. Like, it's a whole different timeline when you think about like their lifespan. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good point. Well, I. I mean, I don't know. This is I. Like, we're kind of all inherently sort of selfish, though. Like, we're here for a short time, and it's hard to think of it like well, let's just sacrifice all our, all of our lives and focus on this so that our oh, great 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 grandchildren right. can see a tree. You know. I don't know. <laughs> humans, humans are by their nature selfish and focused on, you know, their survival in the meat in the in the uh, you know near term. You know, I think, but like that's why stories like this, we sh- you know get us to stretch our our the muscle of our mind to explore looking at our lives from different angles or different perspectives because we are so inclined to look at it from a self-centered you know everyday kind of perspective and there's nothing wrong with that it's just you know it's just nice to have a story that stretches you out of your regular uh mold it's healthy yeah to like broaden your mind about (laughs) just outside of your bubble yeah but he went overboard with the overstory (laughs) a little bit yeah a little bit i agree um we should say state for the record that the overstory is also the name for the canopy or tops of a forest. And uh, did it say that in the book? Yeah. Okay. I, well, maybe I looked that up. But he said he talked about the understory. The understory is the ground level vegetation in a forest, like your your shrubs, your bushes, your your briars, your honeysuckle, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the overstory is the overarching tops of the trees in, of the forest so that's where the name comes from uh, okay like and, the, the top part yeah okay. and it's an overstory of all these characters coming together right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean <laughs> honestly you can connect anything to a tree metaphor like <laughs> it's it's broad enough <laughs> branch out and you will find yeah. What would be your biggest critique? Just going on and on, a too long. Yeah, honestly, just like ended at that first third, and it's a. I would have given it five stars at that point. I would have too. I would have too. I felt like the, the first third is fantastic reading, um, and honestly, like I would be curious. Like I would recommend people just read the, those first couple stories. And, yeah. You know? See, okay, if I were his editor, I'd be like. Just publish these. This will be your thing. You know, people have the attention span to get through this. And then if you can write overstory part two, addendum, and then you can talk all right. the, you know, just include that whole second, third part. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm probably like, it, he did what he wanted to do, right? Like, yeah. Right. yeah so. And it was very, very well written and well done. And a lot of people love it how it is. I wouldn't want right. it to change, I'm exactly. sure. So exactly. this is just me ranting. But yeah, yeah it is that's amazing. how I feel. What What's your biggest critique? Is it similar? Yeah. How it just kind of uh, just went on in, this, in the, the, the rest of the story. And 
and how some of the, I mean, I, you know, like anything, I, I felt like how the different characters interacted and then behaved and then broke up and then went their separate ways was a very interesting story. Um, but, um, yeah, could have been, could have been better. So. Well, do you want to do rating? Yep. The ratings. Me? I can go for it. Uh, I'll give it a four. Okay. I'm yeah. giving it a four as well. Okay. I think it's a solid four. I mean, like, I felt like we kind of dissed it a little bit too much. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a, it is a solid four. I, I agree. Yeah, I think maybe I resented it because I was sort of rushing towards the end to, like, finish it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, it's something you can take your time with. You can, like, come in and out with it because it sort of jumps around storylines. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's worth a read, I think. Right. And I think that it's it's a it, in the middle when all these characters are are finding their own paths and then it, interacting and whatnot. It, it definitely was exciting to to read where it was going. And you're right, it jumped from one character to the next very rapidly, so that you could just you could just pick it up and read four pages and then tap back down, and you could pick it up and read you know fifty pages and and be engrossed. And and I felt like it was it was very well written. Yep, good writer. It'll be interesting to see how the show is. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not convinced it's a great one to adapt, but we'll see. Maybe they can pull it off. Yeah, maybe. All right, man. Well, what are we reading next time? Uh, I was just going to check. I think I remembered. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Year of Living Danishly by... Nice. Uh, I don't remember who it's by. Helen Russell. Yeah. I, do you know anything about this book? I know zero about that book. I think what I heard about it originally, well, we can talk about it on the episode, obviously, yeah. but our mutual friend CJ recommended it, or he said oh, he was reading really? it and uh, liked it. Yeah. Oh, so. cool. All right. I didn't know CJ recommended this book to you. Oh, so. yeah. He's like our biggest right. fan. He listened to an episode, I think. <laughs> no, John's our biggest fan. My friend John. Shout out no. to John. <laughs> we should make merch for John, just like one t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah That's well great. yeah so tune in next time to hear about what it's like to live in denmark but uh in the meantime go to our website two guys one book.com it's all written out two guys one book.com and you'll see what we're reading after the danish book and then also you can comment on the past episodes and tell us uh what you think about stuff until next time keep reading keep reading <laughs>